to introduce uh, Dr. Richard and Rhonda Moore to you tonight and hand it over to them, hand the service to them and let them do what the Holy Spirit wants to be done. And so come on up and we met a few years ago. Amen. Love you. And uh, the Spirit of God was in that meeting and uh, it's continued. And I see him as not only a great man of God, but also my friend. And uh, I am excited to have you here tonight. It's going to be a great night. It's awesome. Amen. Pastor, yes, sir. Anybody that Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me get this. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. Aren't you glad to be here tonight? Amen. Is there no other place you'd rather be, is there? Yes, sir. I mean, we're in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We rejoice when we come to his house. Amen, because we don't just come to hear some, some dead message, worship some dead God, because we're part of some dead religion, are we? No, we're here because He is alive, amen, He's risen from the dead, His life is on the inside of us, His life quickens us, amen, and we are supernatural people, we do supernatural things. Because we have a supernatural God. Amen. And it is such a joy to be here with you. I, I, I am so blessed for a number of reasons. Not just because your pastor, he's become a dear, dear friend of ours. And, um, you know, it's easy. It's easy to love your pastor. Amen. Pastor Nicole, we're still working on. But we'll get there. <laughs> no, it's actually the other way around. She's precious too. But I, I'm rejoicing tonight because I see all the kids in the meetings. I love to see the kids in the meetings. I would, I'd rather have the kids in the meetings than back in, you know, children's room watching, I don't even know what they watch now, VeggieTales or whatever. I don't even know what they watch. <laughs> what do they watch these days? Who knows? But I, I think that we have, the, as sometimes as adults, we just hand off our kids, but yet, and even back down to the little squirmy one that's just a <laughs> few months old. You know, I, I want them in the meetings. Yeah. And uh, because, you know, God wants to touch the kids. Yeah. One, of the, one of the things that I, I think is the problem and one of the reasons why we have a generation. And crying baby, listen, Jade, I promise you, your little son hollering and crying does not bother me. Crying babies don't bother me, trust me. Snoring saints bother me, but crying babies don't bother me. But, <laughs> I, I would much rather have the noise of a nursery than the deathly silence of a graveyard any day. You know what I mean? And uh, but I love the kids in the meetings because God wants to touch the kids. And I think one of the one of the sad things about about the younger generation is that we've we've not introduced them to the presence of God. I know parents that have come and gotten in the revival, but they leave their kids at home. Or they put them out in the nursery or they put them in the children's church. But yet, I think the kids need to see the Spirit of God moving. Yeah. I think this, the, the kids need to see the, the, the anointing of God falling, the fire of God touching people. I think they need to see, to see it because it happens to them as well. I mean, I mean, I look at Rachel today. I mean, here's precious little Rachel. The Lord touched her. And, and, but we see that all the time. I mean, kids get touched all the time. You know, I mean, we've had, we've had, you know, we've had babies touched. We've had, you know, four, five, six-year-olds touched. I mean, under the power of God, drunk in the Holy Ghost, having to be carried out of church. I've seen the kids with the fire on them. I, I, 
my mom, I just don't understand. I don't understand Christians sometimes in their mindset. And um, well, but yet you look at their life and you understand their mindset because you are what you think. Come back over to this section over here. This is the revival section. We found that out this morning. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, I believe with all of my heart that if you get your children at a young age encountering God, then there's going to be a whole lot of hell you're spared when they get older. Because they taste of that which is real. Because really everybody's looking for, for, for reality. And, 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 yet, and then some churches take it so far to the extreme, they, they, they backslide to let the world know that they're real. You mean churches backslide? Oh, yeah. Listen, any, 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 listen, any time you're not, you don't allow the Spirit of God to move, something's wrong. Any time you regulate the Holy Ghost to the back room, something's wrong. Any time, any time you don't allow the, the preaching of the Word of God to go forth, something's wrong. Any time you try to condense everything into some 45-minute service, something's wrong. People, you know, people say today, well, people won't sit over an hour. That's so stupid. That's the most idiotic, stupid statement I've ever heard in my life. I mean, people sit and go watch the Charlotte Panthers play for four hours, and they'll sit there for four hours and watch them. Come on, and they're not even good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Man after my own heart right here. They're not even good. <laughs> or people go sit in some NASCAR race for four hours or some. People go sit in some movie. People go pay 20 bucks. To go to some movie and sit there three hours. They don't get up and leave. They'll sit there for three hours. And they sit there, to, they sit there and they pay to get cussed out. And, and, and yet, they sit there for three hours. So don't, please don't tell me that people won't sit over an hour. That's not true. Really what it is is that somebody's backslidden. Because they, they want to they have their agenda and still allowing God to come and have his way. It's not about what we want. The moment you give your life to Jesus, you died. You don't belong to you anymore. The moment you gave your life to Jesus, guess what? Your life is in Him now. Yeah. Oh, and just let Him have His way because I can promise you, you'll, you'll do more and have more and experience more joy and peace in His life than you'll ever do, find trying to bring it by yourself. Right. Amen? Amen? I remember, I, I don't have it now. It's somewhere in here. I could, I, I like listening to the quotes of, of, of individuals who, especially that have turned, you know, different centuries and listened to them talk. Actually, you listen to some of them talk and you think it was 2017. You know, there's nothing new. Every generation needs a move of God. No, every generation needs a move of God. And if you want to know why the world's the way it is, look at the church. I believe that the church affects the way the world is. Because we have, we can make the difference. Amen. No, we can make a difference. Listen God can, listen, God can do more in one day than man will ever be able to do in a lifetime. Amen. And listen, you come here tonight hungry and thirsty, and you know what? God's going to touch you, and you're going to leave this place different. You're going to leave this place changed. How many of you were touched this morning? Yeah. Hallelujah. And that's just the, listen, that's just, that's just the beginning. Amen. I know some of you need a miracle. God's going to touch you tonight because he's a miracle-working God. Amen? Amen? When, when we invite him in and allow him to come have his way because he is miracles, miracles happen. That's right. Amen? Yeah. Oh, there's none like him. And I pray tonight that you, get to, that you get a glimpse of him. I pray tonight that you have insight and understanding into how good and how glorious your father is. Oh, he's so good and he, 
He loves you. Amen? Amen. You know, God, there's not one person here that God has anything against. God loves us. Amen? Amen? Listen, there's nothing you can do to stop Him from loving you. There's nothing you can do to stop that would stop him from loving you. There's nothing, there's, there's, there's nothing you can do that would, would stop him from forgiving you. The only, thing that he, the only thing he won't forgive, the only sin he will not forgive is there's one sin and nobody here has committed it. Because if you did, you wouldn't even want to be here. And that's blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. That's the only thing you will not forgive. And, and some people actually borderline blaspheming because when it, whenever listen if you don't know understand something don't say it's the devil and that's some Christians I mean just because they don't understand it it's always the devil it's always the devil listen there's a whole lot of God you haven't seen yeah. no there's a whole lot of God that you haven't seen there's a whole lot of things that took that took place in this glorious book called the Word of God that we haven't seen Amen. Wait till your pastor stands up here and he begins to proclaim the word of God and has you opened up to a certain scripture and boom, he's gone. He's translated. And he's, he's next thing you know, he finds himself in India or Pakistan or, or somewhere preaching the gospel. Well, would that happen? Well, it's, it happened in the word of God. Amen. You haven't seen anything yet. No, no, you haven't seen anything yet. I remember in one of our meetings that he's in a matter of fact, the church I got saved in, um, in Louisville, Kentucky, large church, 5,000-member church. I was preaching there one night. And uh, matter of fact, Colonel Sanders, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken? Colonel Sanders was a member of that church. Uh, Colonel Sanders, you know, Colonel Sanders was a Holy Ghost man. Not only was he born again, washed in the blood, but he spoke in tongues. Amen. Colonel Sanders was a tongue-talking Christian. <laughs> That's why every time you go eat Kentucky Fried Chicken, you want to speak in tongues. Because it's, it's just... It's Holy Ghost chicken, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, know, you know, he had a cussing problem, Colonel Sanders. He had a cussing problem, and he wanted to get free from cussing. He couldn't stop cussing. So anyway, he saw, he saw my pastor, Pastor Wayman Rogers. He's gone home to be with the Lord now. He saw him on TV and, and, and called him and wanted to meet with him. And make a long, long, long story short, he, he gave his life to the Lord. And Pastor Wayman took him down to the took him down to the river, baptized him in water, and he came up and never, never cussed again. Amen. Never cussed again. Amen. So then actually one day, then he walked into the church. He, 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 he walked into the pastor's office and flopped a big old check down on the, on the, on the pastor's desk when he pay off the church. So, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, tonight I'm going to, I'm not going to share too much. You know, I'm really just... Look in the direction to go and want to, want to obey the Holy Ghost. And, you know, in all of our meetings, you know, one of the things that the Lord, the Lord has us do, because you understand when a revival comes, revival comes to every area of life. Amen? It comes to your marriage. It comes to your finances. It comes to your kids. It comes to every area of life. Amen? And understand something tonight. Jesus did not leave heaven. You know, the Bible says in, in John 17 that he laid aside his royal robes of glory. He came to this earth. Jesus did not leave heaven. Come to this earth. Be nailed to a cross. Go to hell and be raised from the dead for you and I to live in hell on our way to heaven. Jesus did not leave heaven. Come to this earth. Be nailed to a cross. Take upon Sickness and disease. Take upon sin. 
go to hell, be raised from the dead, sit at the right hand of the Father for you and I to live sick in this life on our way to heaven. Yeah. Understand something tonight. Jesus did not leave heaven. He did not lay aside His royal robes of glory, come to this earth, take upon flesh, be nailed to a cross, take upon sickness, disease, poverty, and sin, and man's judgment. Go to hell, be raised from the dead, sit down at the right hand of the Father for you and I to live poor on our way to heaven. The Bible says we are the redeemed of the Lord. See, I can tell nobody really understands that because if you really knew that you were redeemed, you'd be running around this church right now. Now the next church, we're going to have plenty of room to run. But the very fact is you are redeemed. What are you redeemed from? The Bible says that we are redeemed from sickness, disease, from poverty and death. Amen? Amen. We are the, you know what it means to be redeemed? It means to be purchased back. Jesus purchased us back. What he purchased us back? Because understand, when God created us, we were not created with sin. When God created us, we were not created with sickness and disease. When God created us, we were not created with poverty or death. But when Adam and Eve sinned, and they both sinned, even though it was the woman's fault, they both sinned. I was just seeing if y'all got it. Y'all, some of you did. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, really. Well, watch it. My wife's gonna bring out her spray. And uh, <laughs> oh my 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 my. I better watch it. There's somebody who cremates people in here. I don't want to get cremated. So. <laughs> and um, but when when Adam and Eve sinned. Guess what? Sin came. Do you know, understand something. Sickness and disease, death, poverty is the offspring of sin. Yeah. It's the, because it, it was not in the earth when God created it. It was not in the garden when God created man. He didn't create us with, with sin. He didn't create us with sickness and disease. He didn't create us with death. He didn't create us to die. He created us to live. He didn't create us to, to have life. Come on. But when sin came, that, uh, that, that, that sin nature came, and we died. We died. Everyone, we died. No, no, we died. But Jesus had to come back, and Jesus came back. Actually, the Bible says even before the foundations of the world, God, God already prepared to send Jesus. He already made a way of escape. Amen. That's just how good God is. That's how lovely and wonderful God is. And he sent Jesus, and Jesus, the Bible says that he bought us back. He purchased us. He purchased us. He purchased us back. You know, that's one reason why I take communion on the, I try to take it daily. Some, some, some days I'm not able to, I don't, or, but I try to do it daily. Just because I understand that when Jesus was led to the slaughter, when Jesus was whipped when he was beaten when he was spit on when his beard was put out the crowns were put on his head the 39 stripes that he bore the spear in his side his blood being poured out upon mankind he did it for you and I he purchased us at that moment that's why Jesus said it's finished he purchased us we are purchased and he purchased us back he restored us back to our original state Free from sickness and disease. Free from sin. Yeah. Free from yeah. death. Free from poverty. Amen? Yeah. And it has to become an understanding to you. It has to become real to you. It has to become real to you. That's why I pray. 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding might be opened, that you might, that you might see what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of His and glory of His inheritance in the saints, and that you, and that you might understand that you might understand His power, that you might understand His power that's available to us who believe. According to his working, the working of his mighty power that, that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set at him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers amen, and rulers. Amen? amen? Come on, he did it. Amen. He did it. Amen. No, no, he did it. Yeah. No, 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 he did it. Yeah. He purchased us back. Yeah. That's why we're the redeemed of the Lord. That's why the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Exactly. Amen? Yeah. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Yeah. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. You know, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Yeah. Amen. Stop saying your problem and start saying what Jesus has already done. Yeah. Amen. Because, because the reality is you will have what you say. I don't care what all the naysayers say. I don't care what all the doubters say. I don't care what they say against us. The fact of the matter is you will have what you say. Yeah. Matter of fact, you know why you are where you are today? Because of what you've been saying yesterday and because of what you've been doing with your seed yesterday. Come on. And here's the good news. It's always changeable. The only time it can't change is when you close your eyes for the last time. I remember reading after a dear man gone home. He went home to be with the Lord in the 40s, but he's a great man of God and you know, he, he had an understanding of redemption. He had an understanding of the redeemed life. He had a total understanding. And we must all have an understanding of redemption. Because the first step into walking into redemption is to know that you're redeemed. Amen? You know, there's an old saying, you know, you've ever heard people say, well, what you don't know won't hurt you. Well, that's actually false. What you don't know will kill you. What you don't know will destroy your life. What you don't know will cause you to live... A life that God never intended or Jesus didn't give his life for you to live that, to live in this life. He gave his life for you to live the redeemed life. He gave his life for you to live his life. He said, I've come that you might have life. As we said this morning, I didn't get to finish, but as we said this morning, if he, if he would have just stopped there, if he would have just stopped there at life, he came that we might have life and life more abundantly. Amen. He, he, if he would have just stopped at life, I mean, that would be enough. That would be more than enough. We could never even exhaust that. But he didn't stop at life. He said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. Right. Amen? Amen? Listen, if there's anybody that is excessive, it's God. Yes. If there's anybody that's extreme, it's God. Yes. You won't find anybody more excessive than God. Yes. Amen? And, and I was reading with this man. I, I, I use a lot of his stuff because he had such an understanding of revela revelation of the redemption. He was, sitting reading, he was sitting reading his Bible one day and eating breakfast. He was sitting at the breakfast table with his daughter and his wife. And he said to him, you know, he said, well, I'm going home today. And his wife thought, I mean, his daughter thought, Dad, what do you mean you're home? You know, I mean, you're in your 80s, maybe, I don't know, maybe your mind's slipping or something, you know. People think, my mind won't slip. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And um, that afternoon, he was sitting there reading his Bible in his chair, just reading his Bible. 
His wife and daughter were on the couch doing what, reading or whatever they were doing. And he was just sitting there and he looked over to his family and said, it's time for me to go home now. Jesus has come for me. Took his Bible, put it on his chest. Closed his eyes for the last time. That's called the way of the redeemed. Yeah. Sickness and disease didn't take him out. You're going to get it today. No, sickness and disease didn't take him out. No, sickness and disease didn't take him out. Poverty didn't take him out. Amen? Why? Because he had an understanding of who he was. He's the redeemed of the Lord. Amen? Thank God I'm redeemed. Amen? Thank God I'm redeemed. And you'll never, in the name of Jesus, you'll never lack another day in your life. Because the Lord is our shepherd. And because he's our shepherd, we don't lack. Because the Lord is our shepherd, we don't have want, do we? Why? Because he's our shepherd. He supplies. And not only does he supply, he supplies superly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think. That's just who he is. When you really begin to dive into the word of God, you really begin to see just how excessive he is. When you begin to dive into the word of God, you begin to, to see just how extreme God is. I mean, that's just who he is. I mean, like we said this morning, 48 times he declared himself as El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. 48 times, think about it. He declared himself as El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. You see, you have a choice, and really the choice is ours. You can either live in the land of not enough, the land of just enough, or the land of more than enough, but it's your choice. I choose to live in the land of more than enough. Amen? Now, I can tell you this. If you want to live in the land of more than enough, you're going to have to be radical in your giving. Amen? Amen? I said again, if you're going to live in the land of more than enough, you're going to have to be radical in your giving. That's right. Radical Amen. in your giving. Amen. Well, what's radical mean? Well, it means different things to others. But radical to me, I mean, I cannot tell you the times I've been sitting in the meetings and the Lord speak to me, just give everything. I cannot tell you the times that have happened. I cannot tell you the times I've been in meetings and I drain my personal account and drain the ministry account. Just empty it. But yet, oh, I, I don't have time tonight to tell you, but I, can, I, can, I could just tell you just of the testimonies and, and the radical things that God has done as a result of it. Matter of fact, turn with me to John chapter 5. Go with, I'm sorry, go to John chapter 2. And we'll just receive the offer now because that's John chapter 2. As I said this morning, usually we have to receive it always at the very beginning. Because if I wait to the end, we don't ever get anything. Because everybody's on the floor. And I don't want to be a pickpocket. Now, my wife has no problem, but I don't want to be. No, I'm just teasing. So the spray's going to come out in a minute. Shh. John, Gospel of John, page 1263. Chapter 2, verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Now look at verse 5. This is very important. And his mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Everybody say it with me. Whatsoever, Whatsoever 
He saith unto me, I'll do it. For six. And there were six, and there, and there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the Jews containing two and three firkins apiece. And Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. So now they'll be obedient to what the Lord said. Remember, Mary said, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. He told them what to do. Now they're being obedient and they're doing it. Verse 8. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it out. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he knew, or he, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, and the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doeth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worst, but thou hast kept the good wine unto now. Verse 11, very important especially when dealing with the subject of the anointing. This verse is very important. Verse 11. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested forth His glory and His disciples believed on Him. The very first miracle Jesus did, the very first miracle, was a miracle of provision. The very first miracle. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost. Jesus was the age of 30, anointed with the Holy Ghost. And we don't see anything happening in the life and the ministry of Jesus in the area of the supernatural, in the area of miracles, until the anointing of God came. When the anointing of God came upon Jesus, He received the anointing of God without measure. And then the Bible, the Bible declares that signs and wonders and miracles and, and, and the supernatural begin to happen. But yet here was the very first miracle of Jesus. This was the beginning of his miracles. This was the beginning. This was his very first miracle. So the Bible, the Bible is very clear. So Jesus didn't work miracles all of his life. Some tell you that. I mean, you hear, you hear religion, and religion likes to make up stories and fantasy stories that Jesus always, you know, they make it out to be like Jesus was some super baby. You know, he was flying around in his crib or something, but he was a baby. He was, he was a baby just like Jay's baby. He was a baby. He cried. You know, he, you know. Peed his diaper, pooped his diaper, he did it all. <laughs> Jesus did it all, understand that, because he was a human. Yeah. Amen? It's amazing. We get, this, we get this picture of Jesus, oftentimes it's not so. But Jesus was, Jesus was 100% the, the, the son of man. He was, 100, was he 100% the son of God? Most definitely, but he was also the 100% the son of man. And he didn't do things in this earth because he was the son of God. He did things in this earth because he was the son of man. If Jesus did, listen, if Jesus did things in this earth because he was the son of God, then he lied to you and I. Because in John 14, he said that the things that I've done, you're going to do. Well, if, well, listen, how can, if Jesus did things out of his deity, then there's no way we can do the same things Jesus did because we're not deity. Amen? No, listen, if we're going to do what Jesus did, we have to have what Jesus had. And guess what? Here's the good news. We have what He had. It's called the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. And so, but here the Bible says that this was the beginning of miracles. Now, in verse, in verse 5, Mary said, Whatsoever He says unto you, do it. Now, last yesterday, my wife and, and myself and, and, and pastors, Brian and Nicole, we were, we were taping. We did five shows. We went into the future. And now we're back. Now we're back. Into the present hour, and um, and one of the things we begin to talk about is the subject of obedience, which is a very important subject. Every every, I, I think every Christian, apart from understanding the subject of sowing and reaping and the tithe, 
apart from the anointing. One thing that we really, really have to understand more than anything is, is the subject of faithfulness and the subject of obedience. Because one thing God demands is faithfulness. Because He's faithful. Amen? Matter of fact, promotion only comes as a result of faithfulness. And I don't, I don't care who you are. In the world, you can get someplace because of somebody you know. In the world, you can get positioned at a place that you're not even qualified for, but yet your daddy knows somebody or you knew somebody, and guess what? You can get that position. But with God, it doesn't work that way. Everybody spiritually, everybody's got to pay the price. Everybody's got to pay their dues. Everybody. And one of the things that God looks for is the subject of faithfulness. So much so that the Bible says that when we stand before Him, well done, thy good and faithful. See, promotion comes by faithfulness. And God looks to see how faithful you are. And, and, and this is not my message tonight, and I don't want to get too much into it, but it's a really a very important subject that we need to understand, the, the subject of faithfulness. God looked, even, even right down to being, being, as our sister here, she was heading the cloth down, right down to being the rag lady. I mean, God looks to see faithfulness. Right down to being an usher, God looks to see faithfulness because he's faithful. Amen. I, re I remember, in, uh, I better watch it here because I can step over, but <laughs> I, I remember years ago, actually not too long, maybe three years ago, I'm preaching actually at our church in Tampa, the river. I'm preaching, I'm preaching, and because um, I did the Sunday morning, Sunday night service, and that night I'm preaching a lot of the Bible schools, because we have over 300 Bible school students, so the, most of the Bible school students were there. As I was preaching, I almost had like a, I went back in time, like everything went into slow motion. And I saw myself going back to the very beginning of, of, of my ministry. Back in the days, I mean, I'm just, listen, I went to Bible school when I was 19. You know, I graduated, I graduated high school in June and went out to Bible school in August. And, and I started preaching at a rescue mission. My, my ushers were the Tulsa Police Department. And I started preaching this rescue mission. And, and listen, you're talking about hell. You're talking about, you, you, you understand demons. Because everybody, everybody there was bound up in, on drugs or bound by alcohol, drugs, or just, it was horrible, the, the life. It's, total, it's a total life of, when, when you just allow sin to take control, that's what sin does. Because sin comes, the Bible says sin kills, it destroys. And for some reason, I don't know why it is, but some Christians think because they, they get saved, they're, you know, they're, it, doesn't, you know, it doesn't apply to them anymore. The wages of sin is death. Amen. And it was just horrible to see the lives. But yet they had to come down there. They had to listen to the preachers uh, to preach if they wanted to have a place to stay and eat. So they had to listen to the preacher preach first. And so my night was Tuesday night. So I go down there every Tuesday. And actually, the last year, I went down there three years. Three years every night. Every Tuesday night was my night. And then I, the last year, I started going on Thursday nights. So I preached down there for two for the first two years, once a week, then twice a week the last year. And so the Lord took me back to that. Then, then he fast-forwarded then he fast forwarded to, to where I, I had an encounter with him, and then I'll see all the revivals and see, and, and see all the, the, the moves of God that's happened and all the miracles that's happened. I mean, I saw the overseas crusades. I mean, we was in Pakistan in, in a few years ago, and we had, we had, had 20,000 Muslims in my meeting tonight. In three nights, we had 40,000 Muslims give their life to the Lord. I've seen that, and I just, I've seen it all the way to now. 
And you know what the, when I saw the whole picture, you know what the Lord said to me? Because when he took me back to, the, to the, the, the rescue mission as I'm preaching, I was faithful to do it for three years. The Lord said this to me, and he showed me the power of faithfulness and being faithful. He said to me, he said, the reason I'm using you the way I'm using you now is because you was faithful then. God said to me, he said, if you would not have been faithful to do what I told you to do then, I could not be using you now. Yeah. God always looks for faithfulness. So be faithful, amen? amen? Be faithful. So that's one subject. The second subject also that we really, really need to understand is the subject of obedience. Now, I've got I to watch it here because I can, I can talk about this, this, this subject and the, and, and the subject of blessing for, 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 for months. And never stop. Matter of fact, my wife and I, we went into the studio. I don't have any with me now. We sold out. But my wife and I went into the studio. So I, I, went, through, I went through the Word of God. And I got from Genesis to Revelations. And I got all the scriptures on the subject of healing. And I went into, and I went into the studio. And I, I had a, a professional studio. I had a, somebody behind me playing the keyboard. And I just, I went... And through the whole, the whole Word of God from Genesis to Revelation and just read off the Scriptures. No preaching, just read the Scriptures. And so it's, it's called, it's called the, the redeemed life. And I, I actually did it just for people who are dealing with you know, sickness and disease in their body, just so people can get the CDs and, and constantly have the Word of God being pumped into them. Because it's important to have the Word of God pumped into you. Amen? It's so important. I mean, and that's how your faith is going to build. And listen, if you're sick in an area, you need to build your faith in that area. Build your faith in redemption. Build your faith in the Word of God. Amen? Because it, it, because it does have everything to do with you. No, it has everything to do with us. You know why? Because God's done His part. Now listen to me. God's done His part. Do you know the world is saved? The world is saved. But not everybody's received it yet. Do you know the world is healed? But not everybody's received it yet. I, I have people come to me, you know, and I understand what they say, and I don't try to correct people because I know where they're coming from. But, you know, they have family members that are not born again or something, or spouses that are not born again. And they well, I want you to pray, God save my, you know, son or whatever. And I understand what they mean. But yet the reality is, if you really want to get, get very technical and very black and white about it is, the fact of the matter is, Jesus already saved them. Does Jesus have to come and die again? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Why? Because he paid the price 2,000 years ago. Hello? He paid the price 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, he was whipped 39 times. So severely that you couldn't even tell who it was. So severely that the Bible, that the Bible doesn't say, but history tells us that, that, his, that his spine was exposed. He already paid the price. Yeah. He doesn't have to come and die again. Amen? Come on. Amen? Amen. So what am I saying? I'm saying the world's saved. Yeah. That's, why, that's why we have to go into all the world and tell the good news. Why? So that people can come, so that people can hear the word and get saved. Amen? Because really, they just got to receive it. Listen, I got saved in 1982. But I, I could have got saved in 1980 or 1981 or 1975 if I wanted. But I didn't know about it. But it was available, wasn't it? 
See, my point I'm making is that salvation has already been made available for mankind, the world saved. Just not everybody's received it yet. But it's the same when it comes in the area of healing. Everybody, listen, the world's been healed, but not everybody's received it yet. So that's why, that's why I said I pray that the God's Word become alive to you. Yeah. Amen? And that's why we made this, this series on, on, on the redeemed life so people can just have the Word of God constantly being pumped in them and in the area of healing to build up their faith. But also went through the Word of God and, and got all the scriptures on the subject of blessing. And I was, I was, I was, I was blown away, actually. And I had my wife go into the studio and, and, and read off those scriptures. You know what? There were so many scriptures after seven CDs. I said, time out, it's too much. It's enough. So let's condense it down to Old Testament, New Testament. So we have a, tape, a CD series called, called The Blessed Life. And it's just, it's just nothing but scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, on the subject of blessing. You'd be shocked. What have I been saying? this morning what did I say over and over and over again when God says something over and over and over and over and over there's something that he wants us to get right amen there's something that he wants us to get and you go through the word of God and just pull out all the, sub the scriptures on blessing you'll be blown away you'll be blown away matter of fact the Bible says in the book of Job the 36th chapter I believe is the 11th or 12th verse if you serve him and obey him you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure that's what the Bible says. He said, if you serve Him and obey Him, you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. Just, just go and just pull out the Scriptures yourself. You'll be amazed at what God says about the subject of obedience. And here Mary said in John chapter, five, John chapter 2 verse 5, Mary said, whatsoever He says unto you, do it. Whatever He says unto you, do it. What's she talking about? She's talking about obedience. Because when we do what God tells us to do, understand something. There is going to be a release of His power. God's power can only be released by faith and obedience. God's power is not released because you hope it's released. It's not released because you cry and beg for it to be released. Amen? No, it's released because you obey. It's released because you obey and if you obey him and if you serve him the bible says that you'll spend your days you spend your years in prosperity and your years in pleasure if you obey him go with me to deuteronomy the 28th chapter let's just let's just read the bible i mean sometimes i think we do an injustice by not you know just quoting stuff let's do what the bible says deuteronomy the 28th chapter now i'm not going to spend too much more time on this but but it's very important Obedience is very important. So the Bible says, the willing and obedient shall what? Eat the good of the land. Just look at Deuteronomy 28. I, I, try, I try to read this script, this, this, whole, this passage regularly. Get it in me. Matter of fact, I try to read it so much that I get it in my spirit to where I begin to quote it. Yeah. To, to it just rolls out of my spirit. See, that's when the Word of God becomes alive. You realize that. The Word of God isn't alive to you because you memorize it. The Word of God is alive to you because it goes from your brain into your spirit. You've got to get the Word into your spirit. That's when it becomes alive. Yeah. Amen? That's why, that's why it's so important to meditate. Meditating is word day and night. Meditate. Actually, the word meditate means to mutter. You, you speak it to yourself. Oh, you speak it to yourself. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's so important. Oh, what you say is so important. 
What you say is so very important. No, what you say is so very important. No, no, what you say is so very important. The words that come out of your life are so very important. That's why you got to tame your tongue. You got to watch it. Don't only speak life. Because the Bible says life and death comes hang right there from that tongue. You know how powerful your tongue is? It's so powerful that it either produce life in you or produce death. That's how powerful your tongue is. Your tongue is so powerful it either produce poverty or blessing. That's how, that's how powerful your tongue is. Your tongue is so powerful that it even produce wealth or it produce health in your body or sickness and disease in your body. That's how powerful. That's how powerful your tongue is. The Bible says your tongue is so powerful that, it, it, that it's as a bit in a horse's mouth. I mean, you get these, I'm from Kentucky, you get these, these, these beautiful thoroughbreds and as they take off running, you know that, those little bitty old jockeys. Have you ever seen a jockey? Little bitty old jockeys. <laughs> I mean, they're, I mean, they're, uh, most of them are even five foot tall, you know, 100 and what, 98 pounds or something. They're just little guys. Yet here's this little guy on this, this massive thoroughbred horse, and it's controlled by a bit, by a little bit, that horse is. But that's what the Bible says your tongue's like. It controls your whole destiny by the words you say. That's why when I read the Word of God, most of the time I, I read it out loud to myself. I, I, I read out loud. And this is one of the scriptures I read all the time. I, I, read on, I read on a regular basis. Why? Because I wanted to get in me. No, I wanted to get in me. And so let's, let's, let's just read the first 15 verses and, and look at it. Then we'll receive the offering. But I want you to understand how powerful this is. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. Verse 1, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, listen, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, listen, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And here's what's going to happen. Verse 2, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Oh, I like that. How many like to be overtaken? No, no, no. Come on. How many like to be overtaken with the blessings of God? Now, when I say blessings, understand something. Please stop. Don't just focus on money because the blessings of God is so much more than money. Amen? You know, favor is a blessing. And I promise you, favor can do more for you in your life than money will ever do. Amen? He said all these blessings are not only just going to come on you, they're going to overtake you. Remember, I'm, listen, I remember I said to you earlier this, this afternoon, I mean, I said to you, God is extravagant. God is extreme. Yeah. We want to see here how extreme he is. He's, listen, right here, verse 2, that's extremeness. Because he didn't say, didn't, he didn't say they're just going to come on you. He said they're going to come on you and overtake you. Yeah. That's called excessive. Amen. No, come on, that's called excessive. Amen. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thy enemies to, that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. 
The Lord shall come. I like this. Verse 8. The Lord shall command. Everybody shout that. The Lord shall command. The Lord shall command. Listen, you better know when God starts commanding. Oh, you better know when God starts commanding. More than just you are going to know it. Everybody going to know it. When God starts commanding. The very one who spoke in the worlds became. He formed the worlds out of nothing, the Bible says. Think about it. God formed the worlds out of nothing. He spoke and they were. The very one who spoke in the worlds became is the very one who speaks and commands his blessing. Oh, hallelujah. We're all going to take off running here in a minute. Verse 8. And the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thy hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the way which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Verse 10. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord thy God. And they shall be afraid of thee. Verse 11. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous. Who's going to do it? The Lord. As a result of what? Our obedience. Do you understand the power of obedience? Oh, my, 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 my. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. That means material things. Material things. Do you know God don't keep, listen, do you know God don't mind you being blessed with material things? God just don't want the material things to have you. You know how you can tell if something has you or not? Because if you can't give it, it's got you. Now let you think upon that. And the Lord shall make thee plenties in goods, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. I like verse 12 as well. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain to the land in his season, and to bless all the work of thy hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. The Lord, and the Lord, and the Lord, and the Lord shall make thee the head, and not the tail. I like that. The Lord shall make thee the head, and not the tail. I mean, I, I mean, who wants to be a butt? Nobody wants to be a butt. Nobody. I mean, who wants to be a butt? Nobody wants to be a butt. He said, I'm going to make you the head. <laughs> He said, you're not going to be a butt any longer. I'm going to make you the head. That's what he said. I'm just telling what the Bible says. <laughs> Amen. And the Lord shall make thee the head, not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day, and to deserve and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods, to serve them. Then he goes in in verse 15. Then he talks about the rest of the chapter. And, the, and, and here the rest of the chapter has 68 verses in it. So from verse 15 to 68 he starts talking about the curses. What's going to happen if you disobey. Yes. Amen. But notice, but notice what he said. He said if you just hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And observe and do all that he tells you to do. That's the same thing Mary said in John chapter 5. Or John chapter 2, verse 5. 
Whatsoever he says unto you, do it. It's the same thing Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. The willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. Same thing Job said in Job 36, 12. If you, if you serve and obey him, you will spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. See, this is something that has to be, that has to be proclaimed boldly because I find that in the body of Christ, the body of Christ has such a poverty mindset. The body of Christ has, has a yard sale, garage sale, flea market mentality and that has to change because that's not who your father is. He's El Shaddai. He's the God that's more than enough and he's just looking for somebody that's going to hear what he says and obey what he says do. Why? Because when you do, you'll let down your net and there'll be so much come your way that your net won't be able to hold it all. Your boat will begin to capsize. You have to call your partners. Come out! Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's just who he is. That's just who God is. No, no, that's who he is. Amen. And I'm preaching myself happy this tonight. Oh, Lord <laughs> God. Yeah, I'm, I'm blessing. I'm going to give him my own offering tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, come on. Listen to me. It has nothing. It has absolutely nothing to do with the amount. It has everything to do with obedience. Amen. And see, and one of the things that the Lord said to me to do, he said, well, you, when, when you go places, he said, I want you to take care of everything, but, but you, you, you take and you teach the word. And Because I listen. I was this way. I was so bound up. Listen, I, I was so I grew up with a poverty mentality. I grew up with a flea market mentality. I mean, I grew up in the projects. I grew up. I grew up in a day when I couldn't even. My, my mama, because my dad left when I was seven. My, my mama couldn't even. Uh, I mean, back in back in the days I was growing up, back in the early seventies, I was born in '64, so late '60s, early '70s. There was a. There was a. I couldn't even. My mama couldn't even afford. To, a pair of shoes that all the other kids have. Now, now they're very popular. Now they've come back into popular. Yeah, they used to be Chuck Taylors. We used to call them Chucks. Got some Chucks. <laughs> now they're popular again. My daughter wears them. I, I got to the. I, I got. I, I, I'm so amused. Here I'm watching my daughter. She's 23 this year, and she's she's wearing the shoes that for years I got picked on for not having as a kid. <laughs> I used to have a songs made up about me because my mom, listen, I, I, I remember waking up and not having, not having food in the house. I remember waking up and the water being turned off and not having water to drink. And so you grow up like that, you develop a mindset. You develop a, 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 a lack mindset. You develop a garage sale used poverty mindset. I mean, I remember the kids used to grow because I was in the projects for a number of years. And I, I remember because I didn't have no chucks on. I didn't where well, they were. Where'd she go? She, they, she had them on right here. But they, the, the Chuck Taylor, who else has them on here? Nobody else has them on. But you know what I'm talking about. And uh, she's got them on back here. Sister Jade has them on. And uh, <laughs> but I, I, I remember if you didn't have chucks on, you had buddies. Anybody remember buddies? That's what that was. That's what, at least in Kentucky. That's what they call. And then they they made a song about us. If, if anybody had buddies and didn't wear Chuck Taylors, they had buddies, and they made a song. I still listen. That song still torments me to this day. <laughs> I still remember the song. The song goes like this: Buddies make your feet feel fine. Buddies cost dollar ninety nine. Buddies. No, <laughs> and I remember. I I still remember that song. And. Um, and so I, I, but this, but this, this mentality got in me. 
And yet, I see that same mentality in church people. And it's got to be broken. No, there has to be an all-out war on the mindset that has gotten into God's people. And it's that mindset that keeps them living a life that's just enough. But God wants us to live in the land of more than enough. Amen? And, you know, if we was, if we was here all week, we, uh, we'd take time every night. And, and you'd hear testimony after testimony after testimony of, of people getting free in this area. Because I, I, cause let me ask you, well, I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but if I would... I would venture to say that the majority, because every time I ask this question, wherever, wherever I am in the world, wherever I am in America, I ask the people, how many of you need a financial breakthrough? You'll be shocked. Almost, literally, almost 99.9% .9 of the people in the church raise their hand. More people raise their hand that need a financial breakthrough than need a miracle in their physical body. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Especially in America. Something's wrong because I can take you places and and I can take you places in in Nigeria. I can take you places in Africa where they've gotten a hold of the Word of God. I can and they're doing mighty things right now in third world nations. They're they're doing mighty things for God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Korobasha, I feel it. My lands, I feel it. Hallelujah. And that's what really revival is. Revival comes to every area of life, every area. And I pray, my prayer, my prayer, my cry for you is that the Word of God becomes so alive to you that God, that God begins to reveal Himself to you and that insight that you might see into Him and get insight into Him and that you might see just how wonderful and how glorious and how magnificent and, oh, there's none like Him. Oh, there's, there's just none like Him. That's why, that's, why, that's why David said, oh, taste and see. Taste and see. Come on, taste and see that the Lord is good. No, ta not taste of religion. No, no, no. Taste of His presence. Taste of the Lord. Taste and see that He's good. Amen. You, I promise you, you won't be turned away disappointed. Amen. Amen. Glory to the Lord. Well, we're going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed tonight. And the usher is going to come. Hallelujah. If you don't have an envelope, raise your hand. should have got an envelope when you came in. If you don't have an envelope, raise your hand. The usher will get you an envelope. Hallelujah. If you... If you if you'd like another envelope for the future, just raise your hand. That's just, we, we have extras. But you just do what the Lord tells you to do. Tonight, if you're going to make out a check, make out your check to VOR. That's Voice of Revival Ministries, VOR. We, we accept everything. We accept cash. We accept checks. We accept credit cards. We, we accept it all. Thank you, Lord. But you just do what the Lord tells you to do. You know, it's, it's, it's not my job to tell people what to do. my job to teach the word how many how many know just in teaching word? how many know you not one time tonight have you have you felt manipulated not one time tonight is have you did he raise his hand <laughs> not, not one time tonight listen I haven't put out any gimmicks no gimmicks no we just preach the word of God you know I haven't promised you I mean some people you know they you know if you give a certain amount of money you know then We'll send you in the mail, whatever, a shower cap with a hand of blessing on it. <laughs> I promise you tonight, no matter what you sow, I'm not going to send you a life-size poster of myself to put on the refrigerator. <laughs> that if you ever need a touch from heaven, just put your hand in my hand and there will be a release of it. You know, I better be watching sometimes, you know, because people do that. Somebody will get a hold of that and do that. 
And they will they say, for a seat of $1,000, I'll send you a lifestyle poster myself. No, they won't. I promise you they would. You know, we're going to, you know, we've been, we've been, I actually, I've really, just now really, really felt a release. And, but this year, we will go on TV this year. And, um, you know, we got a phenomenal price to go on TV nationwide. So you'll be able, if you have direct TV or whatever, you'll be able to, we'll be on channel two, what, 367, I believe it is. But one of the reasons I got such a good deal is because I said to the man who's going to put us, hook us up to the eye in the sky that I'm not even going to talk about money on TV. Not even going to talk about it. Not going to receive an offering. Not going to sell anything. I just want the word of God to be proclaimed and people see the power of God. Because even though I believe in blessing, I don't want to be lumped in with all the other you know, people that use gimmicks. Because there's a lot of gimmicks. I remember somebody came to me, this was years ago, came up to, to me and said, Brother Richard, I know how you can make lots of money in your meetings. I said, I'm not interested. Amen. No, 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 but you got here, I got an idea. I'm not interested. And he followed me out to the office. I said, okay, what's your idea? I said, I'm not going to do anything, but what's your idea? You know what his idea was? He said, you need, he said, you need to get yourself a revival baby doll. He said, you need to get you one of those dolls to where you pull the string and when you release the string, you have the dolls, you pull the string and the, doll, the dolls talk. He said, you need to get your revival doll, baby doll. And, and, and when you pull the string, it's your wife laughing. <laughs> and you can, you can, you can sell it. You, you, can, you can market it that if you, if you need a touch of joy, if you need, to, if you need to, to laugh in the Holy Ghost, just get this revival, revival baby doll. I thought I, I wanted to slap him. It's such gimmicks. But, unfor but unfortunately, that's what the body of Christ is used to, gimmicks. No, you have, you have just not one gimmick tonight. Just preach the word of God. God. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You ready to sow a seed tonight? Yes. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible, the Bible talks about bring your offerings to the Lord. So I saw they have the, 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 the baskets down here. Hallelujah. You know, you can't put very much in them baskets. <laughs> Pastor, we need to get you garbage cans. <laughs> you know, one time I was at this church, and they had the little bitty, you know the little plates? They had the little plates. I'm like, what can the heck can you put in the plate? You can't put nothing in there. I said to the pastor, I said, Pastor, you got plate faith. I said, according to your faith, Pastor, so be it. I said, if I was the pastor of a church, I'd have the big old garbage cans on the end. I got garbage can faith that the garbage cans be full. Amen. Amen. You know, I came back to the service that night. I came back to the service that night and there was garbage cans on the end of the church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pastor feels like I did. <laughs> they are pretty baskets. Hallelujah. You ready to sow a seed? Father, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you for every individual here tonight. Lord, I thank you that not one person here at Boomerang Church. Lord, I thank you that never again from this night on, there'll never be another day of lack. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you command your blessing upon each one. Lord, I thank you that you open up unto them your treasure. And Lord, I thank you that they're the head and not the tail. They're blessed coming in and they're blessed going out. They're blessed in the city. They're blessed in the field. Yeah. And I thank you, Lord, that... The enemies that rise up against them, Lord, flee before their face seven times. We give you all praise and we give you all the glory and honor. In the mighty, mighty name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Come, come bless, the, bless and worship the Lord tonight. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Lord. Set my water. Is this my water? Oh, this is my water. Here. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Isn't the Lord good? Tonight, I want to read a few scriptures I read this morning. I just want to pick up where we left off tonight, or this morning. And um, I want you to turn with me, if you would, to the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. Jeremiah chapter 29. Yes. But while you turn there, my wife's going to come and she wants to just share one thing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. No, it won't be. Um, sometimes when we're home, uh, we'll have some people come and visit us. And this couple came to visit us, and they were into some trouble. And um, he had gotten this gal pregnant, and she was uh, carrying the baby, and she didn't want to carry it. And so she came, and we did some counseling, and um, she hadn't received the Holy Spirit. And so I took her to the mall, and we were in the car, and the Holy Ghost came on her, and she began to speak in tongues and receive the Holy Spirit. So later that evening, we're at our home, and we're watching TV, and um, the gentleman that was with her, so we're all there, and um, I had read through the Bible with my daughter, and so my daughter and I became close. And so when you, are, um, when you pray, you grow close to the person you're praying to, the person you're praying for, and the person you're praying with. And so my daughter and I be just being, you know, knitted in the spirit and just being sensitive. And we've been praying together as we read the Bible. And so here we've got this couple. And so, um, so we're praying, we're watching TV and he's feeling grieved. And he says, uh, Sister Rhonda, Sister Rhonda. And we turn the TV off and we begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Well, his girlfriend that just got born, you know, spirit filled, began to interpret what he was praying in the Holy Ghost. And he was praying, not this door, Lord, any door but this door, any door but this door. And that might be you tonight and you don't know it. Any door but this door, because God wants to go to those hidden places of the heart. And he dropped this scripture into my spirit as I was sitting here tonight. And I just want to read it to you, because revival is, is uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's walking up and down these aisles. And he's going deep where the knife of man cannot go. It says, for it is a shame even to speak of or mention the things that such people practice in secret. But when anything is exposed and reproved by the light... It is made visible and clear, and where everything is visible and clear, there is light. God is a God of light. He wants our light to shine. Um, so many scriptures talk about the light. So just let, let, the, let the Holy Spirit go deep tonight. You know, because a lot of times you can get into some things and you can get in a little too far. And nobody knows those hidden sins of your heart, but the Lord does. And the Holy Spirit does. 
and he wants us to judge ourselves, but he wants to get in there and, and cleanse us. And he wants the light so that you can let your light shine. Amen. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. So just know that tonight's your night. And those things that are done in secret that nobody knows about, but you, God is going to take care of business tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, tonight, have your way in this house. I thank you that not one person leaves they leave is here tonight as they've come. Not one person leaves sick. Not one person leaves bound up. Not one person leaves with any bondage whatsoever. That every individual that's here tonight under the sound of my voice, Father, leaves free. Leaves healed. Leaves delivered. For we've come for one purpose, Lord. Lord, we're hungry for you. Lord, we haven't come seeking a touch from man. But Lord, we've come hungry for you. Have your way in this house. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. Jer, Jer, actually, I told you to go Jeremiah, didn't I? Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. Just look at that. Jeremiah, chapter 29. I just want to read, just reiterate a few scriptures because we just want to pick up where we left off this morning. Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 13. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14. First part, and I will be found of you. Go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, to the fourth chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Verse 29, Deuteronomy 4, 29. But if from hence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God... Thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 63. Psalms, chapter 63. Psalm 63, verse 1. Psalm of David, verse 1. When he was in the wilderness of Judah, O God, thou art my God. Listen, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where is no water. One more verse. Go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6. Or sorry, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I just want to iterate these these verses, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. One more passage of scripture, actually. Go with me to the book of, the book of Exodus, the 33rd chapter. It's really where we left off this morning. Exodus chapter... 33, and let's look at the heart of a hungry man, a man by the name of Moses. Moses was very hungry. Moses had, he had an encounter with God. Of course, every individual that has been used of God, every man, every woman that has ever been used of God, they've all been individuals. And I'm talking, when I say used, I'm not just talking about I mean, being used in the gifts or so. I'm talking about have been used to shake nations. 
I'm talking about individuals that have been used to literally change the course of generations. They've all been individuals, and you begin to study their life and begin to, to uh, understand about them. They've all been individuals who at some time, some place in their life, they had an encounter with God. You look at Paul. Listen, Paul had an encounter with God. David had an encounter with God. Moses here had an encounter with God. You look at men, great men like Smith Wigglesworth had an encounter with God. You look at individuals that have literally shaped nations. They've been individuals who at some time in their life got so hungry for God, got so thirsty for God, that they went after God with all of their heart, like Deuteronomy said, all of their heart, all their soul. They came after Him with everything. And guess what? God allowed them to find Him. And God touched them. And God placed His hand upon them. And God used them to, to shake nations and to change the very course of generations. And they were not individuals who got up and had a nice talk. I'm so tired of, of ministers getting up today and getting up behind the pulpits today and getting up behind TV and they got a good talk. The gospel is not a good talk. The gospel comes in power. Yeah. Yeah. Because understand the gospel represents God because it is God. And He's not mediocre. He's God. Yeah. And as the gospel comes in power and demonstration and signs and wonders. Amen? Amen. I, I remember I have a friend of mine. He's actually gone home to be with the Lord now. His, his name was Dennis Tenorino. He was, he, was a, he was a bodybuilder. He was Mr. World, Mr. Atlas, Mr. Universities, Mr. Everything. Matter of fact, he competed with Arnold Schwarzenegger. On a, they were you know, good buddies, and they competed against each other all the time. And, and uh, I mean, he was, he was just an individual. I mean, he had muscles in places. I didn't know there was muscles. <laughs> I mean, he was just, just Mr. Muscle Man. And, um, and yet he, he got in trouble because he started... You know, he just, you know, he lived a life of sin, you know. And he, he was going to prison for the rest of his life. And, and another bodybuilder, a friend of his, who'd gotten saved, gave his life to the Lord, filled with the Holy Ghost. Now he's out and going to Bible school. He heard that his friend was in prison, or he was in jail, getting ready to be sent to prison for the rest of his life. And he went and, and, went and shared the gospel with him. And he prophesied to him, he said, in three days you'll be out of here. He said, you're an idiot, you're a flake. He said, you're just one of those flaky Christians. You see, he said, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. He said, it's impossible for me to be out of here in three. He said, if I'm out of here in three days, he said, he said I'll know your God's real. Three days he was out. And he looked up, he looked up, he looked up his friend who was going to Bible school in Tulsa. And he flew to Tulsa. He said, I want to know more about your God. And he ended up giving his life. He ended up giving his life to Jesus. And so he went into a, he went into one of the into the services with my mentor, Doctor Kenneth e. Hagan, and and he's talking. And Kenneth Hagan's talking about the Holy Ghost and being filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said, "I want to be." And he's like, he, he was. This guy was very radical. He's like, "I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost." I mean, he he would just jump up in a service. I mean, he's just that way. He's just radical. And and, so, and of course, the other his friend, the bodybuilder, said, "Look, we, we got a private meeting with him. Just relax. You're going to get the Holy Ghost." And, and you know what? And so that, I don't know if it was that evening or the next day, he went into Kenneth Hagin's office and to get filled with the Holy Ghost. So Kenneth Hagin sit down at his, he sat down at his desk and opened up his Bible and for the next hour just read all scriptures about the Holy Ghost for the next hour. Then after about an hour, he shut his Bible and he said, now I'm going to come pray for you. I'm going to come lay my hands upon you. And when I do, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. You're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And Kenneth Hagin got up off, out of his chair, walked around his desk, went and laid his hands on him. And when he laid his hands on him, the wind of God blew in his office. And the, listen, the power of God came in. And here's what happened. 
because Dennis became a very good friend of mine, and he told me, the power of God picked him up, picked him up about three, four feet off the floor, and picked him up and threw him back, boom, boom, in midair, from wall, boom, 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 from midair, from wall to wall. And then, then, then just, just dropped him. And he said, and Dennis said to me, he said, and God spoke to me in an audible voice as soon as he dropped me. You know what the Lord said to me? He said, the Lord said to me, now who's the strongest? <laughs> because he was Mr. Bodybuilder, you know. I mean, just, they, I mean, I get to go and sit and look at their muscles for hours in the mirror, you know. I mean, they're just so, you know, in love with themselves. And, you know, he, honestly, but, the, but yet God so radically changed him and so radically touched him. And God said to him, who's the strongest now? Understand something, our gospel comes in power and demonstration. Our gospel comes in power and demonstration. I, I remember, I remember a few years ago, I was, uh, I was invited to, my wife and I, we went to this, 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 the center, ladies, it was a, it's called the Love Lady Center, actually. And this, this, the lady who runs the place, she used to be a very wealthy lady. And she, she took all of her money and bought this abandoned hospital. And, and she uh, houses ladies who just come out of prison so they can get their kids with them and, 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 and teach them a trade and, and get them free and get them healed, get them saved. And obviously she was, you know, needs money. And... Um, so a friend of mine who actually uh, a partner of our ministry was, was, going, to, was going there to, to you know, help her for the month and, and give her a big check. And he said to me, he said, look, you want to you come with me? And I said, you know, I said, yeah, I'll go with you if I can preach to those ladies. Because there's 300 ladies. And they, I mean, because I think the statistic, especially for the women that get out of prison, I mean, it's something like 90, like 95, 98 percent end up back in prison. And uh, so, I mean, what the lady's doing is very, very powerful. And uh, so he said, well, I don't know if, if you know, I don't know if, she, if you can do that. I said, dude, you're going to go give her $100,000. Trust me, she'll let me speak to those ladies. <laughs> if not, she's an idiot. She'll let me speak. Well, obviously he called her and sure, she said, yeah, come. So, but I had an hour. And so, listen, these, oh, these, were, th these were, every single one of the ladies were, were abused. Every one of them were abused. Every single one of them had some disease. Over half of them had AIDS. I mean, half of them were lesbians. They had been beaten. They had been abused. They had been left for dead. They had been in and out of prison. Just lived in hell their whole life. But that's just, that, that's just the person the gospel's for. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And, and so, you know, I, I'm going there with a mission. And so I get there, and, the, and of course they introduce me. I just got an hour. There's 300 ladies. I just got an hour. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord... I said, I need these ladies to like me right away. I can't wait 45 minutes and for them to decide they're going to like me. I need them to like me right away. Because, Lord, I only got an hour. And I said, Lord, just turn their hearts or something or give me something to say to where they like me right away. And you know what the Lord gave me something to say? I, I, I get there and they introduced me and I got up and I said, you know, my name is Dr. Richard Moore. I said, but before I go any further, I got to apologize to you. And as soon as I said the word apologize, they just, man, I had, they zoomed in. I had all of their attention. I said, I need to apologize to you because all of you ladies here, you've only had nothing but bastards in your life. Your husband was a bastard. Your father was a bastard. Your pimp was a bastard. Your boyfriend was a bastard. Your drug dealer was a bastard. You've had nothing but bastards in your life. I'm going to just call it scripture. And when I said that, 
I, I even felt it turn. And this one, this one lady, this one, this one lady, she was the meanest of the mean. As soon as I said that, all of a sudden she she hollered out, "Oh, I'm gonna like this guy." <laughs> because you know what? I got right down to where they were. But I wouldn't have known to do that. I just, I, but God had to help me. He told me what to do. And you know what? I tell you what, I, I, I tell you, the power of God came in that house. I only had an hour. The power of God came in there. And this one lady, who, the one lady, who am I like this guy? She was the meanest of the mean. I mean, she was this lady. I mean, she could whip me, me and you together, Pastor. I mean, this lady could took us out. <laughs> she was just that way. She was the first one the power of God hit. The power of God hit her, and next, I mean, knocked her in the floor. The power, and next thing I know, I mean, this, this roar come up from within her. She started, the power of God, I mean, she started laughing uncontrollably. I mean, just like, it was like a mighty river just gushing out of her. Of course, when that hit, you know, when that hit, when the, the lady saw, you know, the power of God hit her like that, I mean, they're just like, now they're even wanting it even more. And then, I mean, just a few minutes later, the power of God hit this one lady. She was paralyzed. The lady was paralyzed. And the power of God hit her. She jumps up and starts dancing. She's totally delivered like that. And when, and of course, all the, the ladies knew she was paralyzed. And when she, I mean, when the power of God hit her and they saw her get, oh, she's paralyzed on her left side. When, when, they, when they saw that, man, I mean, they're just like, they're just wanting it. Oh, you know what? Uh, within an hour, I tell you what, within an hour, every single one of those ladies was born again within an hour. Because I, I gave an altar call. About 45 minutes later, I gave an altar call, and out of 300 ladies, 290 of them gave their life to the Lord. And the other reason, the only reason it wasn't 300% because 10 had already done it. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh the power of the gospel. Oh the power of the gospel. That's why Paul said, I long to see you. Yeah. Why? Because of the power of the gospel. Then I said to the lady, I said, now take all these ladies. I saw that there's a church because it was downtown. I said, I saw there's a big old church, big old brick church across the street. Now tomorrow or this week, take all these ladies that got saved and go get them baptized in the water. You know what the lady said to me? She said, and this was a very, very famous denominational church. She said to me, she said, oh, oh I've, I've tried to take the ladies over there, but the pastor said to me, our kind's not welcome. Our kind's not, that's religion for you. I hate it with a passion. Because the only thing religion does is bind people up and keep people sick. Religion keeps people poor. It keeps people defeated. Religion's from hell. Amen? Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. Thank God for the gospel. Because the gospel is the power of God. And that's why Paul, that's why, why Moses here in, in Exodus 33, Moses cried, the cry of Moses' heart, God, I got to know you. Lord, I want to know you. Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. In, in, in verse 18 in, in Exodus 33, Moses cried out, Lord, show me your glory. You know what God said? God said, okay, Moses, I'm going to show you my glory. I'm going to show you my goodness. I'm going to show you my goodness. Oh, understand. You should do a study on God's goodness. <laughs> Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. God said, okay, I'll show you my goodness. Yeah. And you know what? And then God, God said, I can't show you myself. You'll die. He said, I'm going to hold, but I'm going to put you in the cliff of a rock. I'm going to put you in the rock, and I'm going to walk by, and I'm going to let you see my backside. I mean, that's like me, you know, getting a new car. I'm not going to let you see the car, but I'm going to drive by, and I'm going to let you see the tailpipes. <laughs> that's basically what God said. But you know what? Moses got a glimpse. Oh, next thing you know, I mean, five books are written about it. Oh, just one glimpse. All it takes is just one glimpse. 
just one glimpse. But God said, if you seek me, you'll find me. He gave us this promise. He said, if you come after me, you'll find me. If you seek me, you'll find me. I was in, and I want to say a few more things. I was in uh, Guatemala a few years ago. And there was this, there was, and this girl so blessed me. Now, everybody else that was, that was with me, she annoyed them. But, oh, she blessed me. And, and, and uh, I was sitting there with the pastor, and I had a, actually the guy who led me to the Lord, he came in on that trip, and he was with me. And then the pastor's wives and others. And this little eight-year-old, I still see her face today. This little eight-year-old girl came to me, and she's selling things. She has purses and stuff, and she's selling things. And she came to me, and she said, she said, you buy a purse. I said, no, I don't want to buy a purse. She said, no, 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 you buy a purse. I said, I don't want a purse. She said, no, but you buy a purse. And she, she would not stop. I said, all right, let me see your purse. I wasn't going to buy it. I just want to see it just to, you know, try to amuse her or get away from me or something. And, and so I grabbed her purse, which was the wrong thing to do. As soon as I grabbed the purse, you, now you buy. You buy. I said, I don't want to buy. She, says, she said to me, she goes, you buy. She says, I give you a deal. Business is business. <laughs> She's eight years old telling me business is business. <laughs> I said, I don't want to buy your purse. She said, no, no, you touch. No, you buy. <laughs> so, so my friend's coming out. And I said, see, see, see that white guy over there with the, with the white beard? She, looked, she said, yeah. I said, he's a rich American. You go, he buy. <laughs> and he's not rich. He wasn't rich. <laughs> And she comes, she goes to try to give me the purse. She comes back to me mad. She comes back to me. She said, you say he's rich American. He no rich American. You lie. You lie. Now you lie. Now you buy a purse. <laughs> I said, I don't want you to buy your purse. She says, she says, but you, you lie. She says, she said, you, you, you lie. She said, you crazy. <laughs> so she called me crazy. She said, you lie. You crazy. Now you buy a purse. I said, I said, sweetheart, I said, if you want to sell a purse, it's, you shouldn't call people liars and tell them crazy. Well, you crazy. You crazy. Because you say you buy, and you, you, you say he rich, and he not rich. He had no money. He said, you got money. And you touch purse. Now you buy a purse. <laughs> so now we're walking away. But now the, the pastor's wife and the others tell to get away. I'm like, no, 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 leave her. Because now this time I'm amused because now I'm being blessed. Yeah. I'm, I'm being so blessed because, you know why I was being blessed? I saw me and her with God. Because I kept coming after him and coming after him and coming after him and wouldn't stop. My wife and I traveled the nation. We tra- we tra- my wife and I traveled all over America following another individual in a, in, a, in, a, in a van crying out to God. Thousands and thousands of miles put on a car crying out to God, Lord, I'm so hungry for you. Lord, I'm so hungry for you. Lord, I'm so thirsty. Driving in a little 1988 Ford Tempo. Didn't even have cruise control. And things so small, full of suitcases. And only one of the suitcases was mine. (laughs) Notice I said that over here, don't you? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just travel. Oh, God, I'm so hungry for you. Night after night after night, 52 meetings a month for eight months. God, I'm so hungry for you. God, I'm so hungry for you. God, I'm so hungry. Lord, you told me if I seek you, I'd find you. God, I told you. Lord, I told you I'm hungry. Lord, I'm showing you I'm hungry. Lord, I'm so hungry. Lord, you said to me, if I come after you, you would let me find you. Lord, I'm coming after you and I'm not going to stop. I believe your word. I believe you are a man of your word. And you said that if I seek you, I would find 
find you and I search for you with all my heart. And Lord, I'm searching with all of my heart. I have nothing. I have nothing. And I'm coming after you with everything. Month after month after, actually over a year and a half. But especially the last eight months. Night after night after night after night after night. Crying after God. Knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking. And she reminded me of me because she wouldn't let go. She wouldn't let go. You buy a purse. The next thing you know, we walked probably, I don't know how many blocks. We probably walked a half mile. And she stayed with me the whole time. She stayed with me the whole time. You buy, you buy. You say you buy. She wouldn't stop. And I already determined by the time I got to the car, I'm going to bless her. I'm, I'm going to not only buy a purse, I'm going to just give her some extra. Because she so touched me because of her persistence. And she wouldn't stop. And she was coming after me with everything. And so finally we get to the car and, 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 and so my friend that's with me, you know, says, will you take a picture? Of, of, uh, take a picture of him. And so she took a picture and I said, will you take a picture of me? She says, no. <laughs> she says, you know, you funky monkey. <laughs> she called me a funky monkey. <laughs> but you know what? I bought, the purse, I bought the purse from her and gave her extra. Just because she was, oh, but when she got, when, uh, when I handed her the amount of money I handed her, oh, man, her eyes lit up, and when you start to see her glow on her face. Oh, but you know what? Her persistence, her persistence and constantly coming after me, constantly coming after me and not stopping caused me to be moved. But it's the same way with God. When you constantly come after Him, He's moved. Because He's told us to seek Him. To draw nigh unto Him, and He'd draw nigh unto us. He's told us to seek Him. And as we seek Him, He promised us, Charles, that as we seek Him, we would find Him. He promised us that. He promised us that He would allow us to find Him. And that's really why you're here tonight. That's why here, here is this. Listen, you could have done other things tonight. And don't think for one moment that you being here goes unnoticed with God, because it doesn't. Because hunger is in action. You had other things you could have done tonight. You had other things you could have done, but yet you made the decision to come. You made the decision to put your flesh under. You told your flesh to shut up, and it was screaming to stay home, and you said, shut up! I'm going to that meeting. And don't think for one moment that it doesn't go unnoticed with God. And God will reward you because the Bible says He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Amen? Go with me to Luke chapter 5. Hallelujah. You know, just as my wife, she shared just, you know, what she shared. I, I, I tell you, the Spirit of God is walking up and down the aisles right now. And just as the Spirit of God walks, so listen, you, just, just deal with some things. Just deal with it. You just, just, just deal with it. You know, I, I, I find in the meetings, I find when, listen, when the anointing of God is present, you can teach on the genealogies and people are going to get saved and healed. <laughs> because the anointing is present. Because it's the anointing that makes the difference in people's lives. Amen? Right. Amen. And let me just reiterate to you, Jade. Your little boy's not bothering me. I promise you. I know she's, she's like, he's bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> Luke chapter 5. I want to show you another example of hunger. As a matter of fact, we, we talked about, I can show you many examples in here, actually. But we talked about this the other day on, on the TV set. Look at, look at um, verse 17. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which would come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. Now listen to this. And the power, everybody say power. power. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Guess what the power of the Lord was present for? 
to heal. Do you know the power of the Lord is present here tonight to heal? Do you know the power? I feel it right now. I mean, and I'm not, that's not a faith statement. I mean, I, literally the presence of the Lord is here in this house right now. With Jesus, the Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord, you know what? The same power is present here today. But I want you to notice something here. Look at verse 18. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. He was paralyzed. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Speaking of Jesus. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Now, understand something about hunger. Hunger and hungry people are radical. They're very radical. Why? Because, actually, I forget who said it, but some, one great man of God made the statement years ago. He made the statement. He said, the most dangerous person there is is a hungry man. Because when you're hungry, you'll do whatever it takes to get fed. Right. You'll do whatever it takes to get fed. Just like that little Guatemalan girl. She was going to do whatever it took for me to buy that purse. Hunger presses in and 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 presses in. And even though there's blockage, even though there's no way in, 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 that it looks like it's going to happen, whenever things against you, you keep pressing in and you keep pressing in, you keep knocking, you keep knocking, you keep knocking. And eventually the breakthrough happens. Eventually the damn wall comes down and the water begins to flow. Because that's what a dam does. What does a dam wall do? A dam wall keeps back the water from flowing, doesn't it? But the moment the dam wall comes down, oh, whatever's in its way is destroyed. Amen. Because you get this gushing of water. And that's what these meetings are like. That's why, that's why people get touched at different times. But as you continue to press in, some people get touched the very first service. Some people it might be the end of the week. But yet, because different people different places. But yet, everybody's got different things. But I can promise you one thing, no matter what it is, the wall does come down. Yes. The damn wall does come down. And these meetings are like, like you got to picture it like there's an there's a, there's a invisible Holy Ghost hammer. And every time, because the word is as a hammer. Yeah. And every time the word goes forth, there's... Yeah. And eventually, next thing you know, that damn wall that's in your life, there'll be cracks start hitting it. Yeah. Next thing you know, water starts coming through the cracks. Yeah. Next thing you know, then it just comes down. Yeah. Hungry people are dangerous people. Hungry people are radical people. Hungry people irritate satisfied people, I promise you. Hungry people, we talked about that on the set. Hungry people irritate satisfied people. People that are on fire for God irritate people that are backslidden. People that are on fire for God irritate people that don't want to serve Him. Oh yeah, they'll, oh yeah, they'll talk. Trust me, they'll talk. But yeah, Jesus said they'll talk. Matter of fact, Jesus said the day will come where they'll kill you and they'll think they're doing God a favor. Right. Amen? Right. I mean, listen, understand something. Persecution is just part of being a Christian. Now really, Americans aren't really persecuted yet. Really, we're not persecuted. I mean, because they laugh at you and make fun of you and tell you you're a Bible thumper. Well, that ain't persecution. Give me a break. But when they come in the middle of the night to take you away from your family and then they, they, they put your head on the chopping block and they'll chop your head off as you deny, then you can say you're being persecuted. 
But you know what? Our brothers and sisters all over the world right now are being persecuted. All over the Middle East, our brothers and sisters are being persecuted. Over in China, they're being persecuted. But yet, on the other side of the coin, all over the Middle, all over the Middle East, Jesus is appearing to people. Yeah. Do you know in China right now? In China, because matter of fact, um, and I haven't even mentioned it. I, I can't believe I, I forgot. But in, in September, the f first week of September, the second, I think it's the second through the 10th, isn't it, sweetheart? I'm doing a camp meeting in in um, in Greensboro, just an hour and a half away from here, at the the, the Cathedral of His Glory, the third through the tenth. My wife's telling me, the third through the tenth, Sunday through Sunday, we're doing a camp meeting, two services a day, Sunday through Sunday, and obviously it's my camp meeting. I'm going to be there, but also Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, he'll be coming in for a couple of days. I have a pastor from um, California who's a powerful man, powerful man of God, raised the dead. He'll be coming in. He'll be coming in for the whole week. And obviously myself will be there and, and maybe a few others as the Spirit of God leads. But uh, that's the 3rd through the, uh, through the 10th of September. And I'm sure pastor will make them more than the pastors. They'll be there. And we encourage you to come up that week. And um, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. But uh, understand something. Hunger is an action. And so here's this man here. Here's this man. He's paralyzed. But he knows Jesus is in town. And he's got to get to Jesus. Thank God he's paralyzed so he couldn't go himself. Thank God he had Holy Ghost friends. Thank God he had friends of faith. That's why, listen, that's why I appreciate my relationship with, with and I've only known your pastor for like three years, and, but God knit us together. And you need people in your life that are hungry for God and thirsty for God, that are radical for the things of God. I mean, people that, man, the moment God says do it, man, you don't even ask questions. You just do it. People of faith, people, people that are hungry and thirsty, people know how to pray. People that are on the same quest that you're on, and that quest is to know Him. And you need people like that in your life. You need people in your life that, man, there, there might be times you might need somebody to pray for. You need somebody that, that pray the prayer of faith, not a prayer of old doubt and unbelief. Amen. I mean, listen, if, uh, if your life is dependent upon a prayer, you need somebody that, that knows how to pray and raise the dead. Not somebody that's going to go ahead and prepare you, your, your, your death. Prepare your, your, you know, go ahead and put you in the coffin. Some, listen, some ministers already have you in the coffin before you're dead. Oh, they will. They'll have you in the coffin before you're dead. Because they, they, don't, they don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe in you. Can you believe that here we are in 2017 and there's individuals, there's leaders that don't even believe in the power of God. But yet, also in their churches, people walk through the doors sick and they leave sick. People walk through the doors desperate and they leave desperate. People walk through the doors tormented and they leave tormented. Why? Because they're there to hear some good talk. But the gospel comes in power. The gospel comes in power and demonstration. But yet also those same pastors will never preach out of the book of Acts. I said to the Lord one time, I said, Lord, how come pastors don't preach out of the book of Acts anymore? You know what the Lord said to me? He said, son, if they preached out of it, then they would have to explain to the people why they don't have what the book of Acts talks about. We're, but it's the same. You know, out of, out of 66 books of the Bible, every one of them has an ending except one. It's the book of Acts. Why? Because we're still in it. Yeah. We're still in the book of Acts. Signs and wonders and miracles. Signs and wonders and miracles. 
Signs and wonders and miracles. Signs and wonders and miracles. Signs and wonders and miracles. Signs and wonders and miracles. Signs and wonders and miracles. He's a God of signs. He's a God of wonders. He's a God of miracles. Amen? He's a God of signs. He's a God of wonders. And He's a God of miracles. Matter of fact, let's just keep reading for a moment. The Bible says here in verse 20, And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. But jump down to verse, jump down to verse 26. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange and wonderful things today. Well, the man gets healed. But the Amplified, I like what the Amplified Bible says. The Amplified says they, they seen strange and unusual and unthinkable things. Understand something. When the power of God is present, when the glory of God comes in, there'll be strange, there'll be unusual, and there'll be unthinkable things happening. And when you come to that place to where God brings the damn wall down and He opens up Himself because you've been seeking Him and because you've been coming after Him and you've been coming after Him and you've been seeking Him and you've been coming after Him and you've been seeking Him and you've been been calling on Him because always remember something. God said, if you call on me, I'll answer you and I'll show you great and I'll show you mighty things. Jeremiah 33, 3. And some of you have been calling on him. And you've been calling on him. And you've been calling on him. And you've been calling on him more. You better understand that God hears you. He hears your cry. And he answers it every time. And he shows himself. And he displays his glory. Because he is the God of glory. Amen. Amen. And when he comes, they'll be strange. They'll be unusual. unusual and there'll be incredible things happening. When you seek Him, you find Him. And when you find Him, the Bible says that God is found by you. That means wherever you go, He's found there. And it's time for the body of Christ to rise up. Listen, stop depending on the pastor. Stop waiting for the pastor to do everything. It's not the pastor's job. It's the body of Christ's job. It's your job to go and preach the gospel. It's your job to go and lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. They'll recover because the Bible says they'll recover. Come on, they'll recover. Amen. I, I, I tell you persistence. I listen, be persistent. Don't stop. Keep knocking. Even when it looks like nothing's happening, you keep knocking. When it looks like God's avoiding you, you keep crying unto Him. You keep seeking Him. And I tell you, you keep on and you keep on. And the day will come. The time will come. God will let you find Him. That's right. I remember I have a friend of mine. His name is Daniel Ikakachua. He was raised from the dead on the Round Hunt Bonkies ministry. I, I, he was raised from the dead. I mean, he was already embalmed. Already embalmed. Uh, I mean, he's a friend of mine. He's from Africa. He, 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 said, he said to me, I mean, go look him, we can look him up. Look at you two. I mean, he was raised from the dead on the Round Hunt Bunkies ministry. Daniel Kachua. Listen, he said when he, came back to, when he came back to life, the mortician, <laughs> the mortician got saved and now he's an evangelist traveling all over the world. Yeah, that's what happened. He was God because he was raised from the dead. He said he he said after he's raised from the dead for months he smelled like vomiting fluid. Don't you like how everybody turns and looks at you? <laughs> is is this your son? <laughs> your son goes her, not me. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> 
Yeah, he smelled for months, smelled like mama and fluid. But you know why he was raised from the dead? Because his wife was persistent and she wouldn't, she wouldn't stop. She would not accept that he's dead. She would not accept that he died. She would not accept it. She refused to accept it. And they brought her, they, they brought him, they brought him dead. I got the video. I can, I can show you the video. I got the video. Matter of fact, I used to carry the videos on my table. I got the video. They show him here's this lifeless body already embalmed. They come and bring him, put him under the platform of, of, of Reinhard Bunke as he's preaching. And you see the power of God come on him. And you see life come on him. You see his eyes open up. You know what he, you know what he said to me? He said, when they, when they put me in the ambulance going to the hospital, he said, I, he said when I, I noticed these two about 10 foot tall beings. He said, I knew they, not, they were not humans. He said, they were in the ambulance with me. He said they were massive. I mean, he said, I mean, just massive creatures, about 10 foot tall, he said. Just massive arms, just massive. They were angels. And they introduced, him, they introduced themselves to him as his angels. And you know what their names were? Goodness and mercy. Amen. The Bible says, truly goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Do you know you got angels? Do you know you got angels? But you know what? His wife would not stop. His wife was persistent. And she, and you know what? Because of her persistence, her husband raised from the dead. Oh, just don't stop. Come after him. Come after him. And that's what happened here. That's what happened with the paralyzed man. He came, he came. This place was, I mean, Jesus was there, the Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But the place was taken up full of preachers. All the religious people were there, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the wooden seas, couldn't seas, they're all there. <laughs> I mean, the doctors of the law, they were all there. And there was no more room because the house was taken up with preachers. And they wouldn't let him in. But you know what? He was determined to get in. Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what most Christians would do? Most Christians would come, and if the house was so full and they were turned away, they well, you know, it must not be the Lord's will. Because if it would have been the Lord's will, you know, that He would have let me in, and but it must not be the Lord's will. You know, I'm on I'm on Jesus' mailing list. You know, I know Jesus is going to be back in town in three months, and I'll just come earlier next time. That's not faith. That's not hunger. Do you know what hunger is? Hunger is what this man did. Hunger's what this man did. I'm getting in there. Yeah. Oh no. I've been waiting for Jesus to come to town. And finally he's here. I'm getting in there. They've turned me away. They said you can't come in. But I'm getting in there. Yeah, that's right. But see here's when you have to have Holy Ghost friends. Here's when you have to have friends of faith. Because the friends, listen. His miracle depended upon his friends. Because he's paralyzed. They were willing to do whatever he wanted. You need friends like that. Willing to do whatever. Willing to do whatever. Willing to do whatever. I can, I can, I, when I read, the, especially the Gospels, I like to put myself there. I like to see the surroundings and I put myself there. And I can see this man laying on, his, laying on the stretcher. They brought him in. The house, you know, Jesus is in the house. And it, it's, it's, it's full of people. And I can see his friends saying, okay, well, they won't let you in. So what are we going to do now? We brought you all this way. Well, we're not going to turn away. We're not going to tell you turned around without nothing. He said, no, I'm getting in there. Well, what do you want us to do? Whatever you want us to do, we'll do it. I, see, I just see it. Just, yeah. just see it. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, 
Get up on top of the roof. What do you want us to get on top of the roof for? Because we're going to take away some of the ceiling. We're going to take away from the roof. We're going to get a hole big enough. You're going to let me down because I'm getting in there. Amen. That's called hunger. Amen. I'm getting in there. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm getting in there. That's right. And you know what? Whatever you want to do, we're doing it. And they got up on top there. I'm sure they got up on top. Then they hoisted him up. They set him on the roof. And they start taking away the roof. Next thing you know, there's a sunroof in the house. <laughs> Next thing you know, I, mean, I, can, I can see the religious leaders there, you know, sitting there just listening to Jesus, trying to find fault in him. And next thing you know, I mean, <laughs> dust starts falling. And they look up. Next thing you know, there's a hole. There's the sunshine. They got a moonroof. There's the sun. There's a big old hole. And people are around it. Next thing you know, here's this paralyzed man that we rejected. Told him there's no more room. Yet, here he comes. Here he comes. He's coming in from the roof. <laughs> and then, then, they, then they, you know what? Then they immediately get, get an attitude and they get mad. See, the religion doesn't rejoice because the man got healed. The religion gets mad because there's a hole in the ceiling. But guess what? It moved Jesus. And as they're letting him down, Jesus sees it. The religious people get mad. Jesus starts to rejoice. And the first thing Jesus said, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. That just shows you, that just goes to show, just that very first right there, goes to show that Jesus was eternity minded. And guess what? The man carried his bed home. And the Bible says they were strange and unusual and unthinkable things and incredible things that happened. Oh, it's amazing what happens when you get a heart that's hungry. You get a heart that presses in and refuses to stop. God Himself moves on your behalf. God Himself moves on your behalf. And when you find Him everywhere you go, you'll be found. He'll be found there by you. And not only will your life be changed, but everybody you come in contact's life will be changed. And that's what our job is. We are, we are nation shakers. Come on, we're life changers. That, because you know why? Because we are the body of Christ. We're, we're Jesus in the earth. Because yes. we're the body of Christ. Yeah. No, we are the body of Christ. And the same power that Jesus had, we have. Jesus was born of the Spirit, we're born of the Spirit. Jesus was baptized in the Spirit, we're baptized in the Spirit. Jesus was sent forth by the Spirit, we're sent forth by the Spirit. The very thing, the, the very individual, the very person, the Holy Ghost Himself that was upon Jesus that caused the blind to see, the very individual, the Holy Ghost that was Jesus was full of, we're full of. And we're the body of Christ in the earth. We're washed in His blood. We're the blood-bought, blood-washed church. And nothing can stop us. No demon in hell can stop us. No devil can stop you. Amen. And you have been given a name that's above every name. The name of Jesus. You've been given a name that's above every name. Every single one of us here in this church tonight, we have been given a name. And that name is the name of Jesus. That name is a name above every name. And every demon in hell must bow at that name. Every sickness and disease must bow at that name. Every poverty spirit must bow. Everything that's from hell must bow its knee to the name of Jesus. And that's the name that you have been given. Oh, it's a glorious name. But that's also the name we approach the Father in. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He'll do it. Actually, the Greek says, if you don't have it, He'll make it for you. Come on, dance in my blue suede shoes. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Amen. See, everywhere you go, 
He goes with you. And you know what? There's people that know you and there's people you know. They know you're a Christian, but they want you to talk to them. They want you to pray for them. But they're not going to come to you, but they want you to. That's why you just got to get bold. Amen. See, miracles only happen as a result of boldness. You got to get bold. You got to get bold. I, 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 a number of years ago, I have a, a, a support of our ministry. And uh, he, uh, he called me. He called me, and just to give you an example, because the Bible says, we've read, we read at least three scriptures to you this morning. The Bible says that when we seek Him and find Him, that God will be found of us. First Chronicles says, 28 tells us that. First, Second Chronicles 15 tells us that. Jeremiah 29 tells us that. And so I'd come home, my wife and I'd come home from one of the overseas trips, and I'm tired. And even this year, we've been going flat out, nonstop. I mean, we go home, we leave here, we leave, we leave here in the morning. And just a few hours after we're out of North Carolina, oh, the sun will be hitting us. <laughs> I'll be, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll be at home in flip-flops. I know, I just lost you there. Now you're like, I just lost you on that one. But it's going to get warm here. Anyway, I better get back in the Holy Ghost now. I got in the flesh. Forgive me. <laughs> and uh, so I was just tired. And so, you know, my, my buddy called me. He said, what are you doing? I said, man, I just got back from overseas. I said, man, I'm, I'm just going to play golf. That's, I'm an avid golfer. I love to play golf. And, I mean, <laughs> I talk more about it than I get to do it. But uh, I like to play golf. Matter of fact, when I get home this week, I play a few times. And uh, so my buddy, you know, he's a big golfer. And, he said, man, he said, man, I've been running flat out. He said, I need a break. He said, man, he said, I'll tell you what. Now, this is the individual at the time, not now, but at the time, he was making $150,000 a week take home. And he did that like for like five years, which is it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he calls me, and at the time, he had, he had, his, he had his company, major companies, the largest company of its kind in, in, in America. And uh, matter of fact, he got the company because he came to our meetings, just like I was teaching on the subject of obedience. He heard us. He heard my wife and I teaching on, on, on sowing seed. He heard us talking about being a radical giver. And he just he listened and did it. And it's amazing. I don't have time to go into it, but it's amazing what God did for him. And um, because understand, understand something. That's the only thing I'm going to say about it. But when you sow a seed, listen to me closely. When you sow a seed... The ground is forced to produce. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Because it's a law. God's law. The law of sowing and reaping. The ground's forced to produce. That's why when you sow that seed, it was forced to produce. And so he said to me, he said, look, he said, man, he said, I need to break. He said, man, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, let, let, me, fly you to, let me fly you to Houston. He said, man, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, come in Thursday. He said, we'll play golf Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and he will go have a big old nice Texas $100 steak at night. He said, I'll tell you what. Pray about it and call me back tonight and let me know. I said, no, I'll be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some things you don't have to pray about. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so he got me a ticket, flew me, to, flew me to Texas, and 
<laughs> I got in and, 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 you know, flew in on Thursday. We played golf on Thursday. Then that night and went into a big, had a nice big old Texas steak, you know. And, and, um, but then it started getting cold. It started getting super cold. Then it started raining. I mean, there was absolutely now for the next three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there was absolutely no golf, none. Now, I'm staying with him in because uh, he was living in Dallas, but he was in meetings in Houston, and, and he put me up. We stayed at the, the Hyatt, uh, not the Hyatt, but there the, in Houston, the Galleria, the five-star hotel in the Galleria. Matter of fact, it was the NBA All-Star Week. Some of the, the NBA guys were even there. But we stay in there, and, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, great. Out here I'm stuck in a hotel again. I mean, I live in hotels. My wife and I, 300 days a year, we all live in hotels. I don't care if it's a five-star, it's a hotel. And I'm like, great. And he said, buddy, I'm sorry, we ain't going to be able to play golf. He said, well, at least we can have a nice steak every night. He said, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to call some of my leaders in, and I'm just going to have them just have a meeting with them. I'm like, yeah, great. It's just great. So he sure enough, he called them in. Saturday, Saturday they came in. I mean, they came in from New York, from L.A., from all over I mean, I'm, I'm talking about people that are making huge money. I mean, huge money. And he said to me, he said, look, he said, I'm going to go to speak to my leaders. There's 25 of them he flew in. He said, why don't you come with me? I said, no, nah, I don't really want to go with you. Because I knew what he was going to do. He said, I, I knew he was just going to go and just, you know, tell them they need to make more money and motivate them. And, you know, I'm like, I'm thinking, my gosh, you make $150,000 a week. How much more money do you need? Matter of fact, the, the History Channel was going to do a show on him, and, and the show was going to be called The King of Sales because he's a phenomenal salesman. And that's what his business is in sales. And uh, I, said, I said, look, I really don't want to go. I said, you go, and when you're done, I'll meet you in the lobby, and, and you know, we'll, we'll have another steak. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a few minutes later, the Lord spoke to me. The Lord said to me, I want you to go. I said, okay, Father, I'll go. I know the Lord's voice now. I, you just obey. No more, no, more, no, more, no more fighting. You just obey. Amen? Amen? Remember, those who serve Him and obey Him will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Get, that in on the, get that on the inside of you. Yeah. And so I said, okay. So I, I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go with you in the meeting. He said, oh, good. I think you're supposed to come. Okay. So I went down. So I, you know what I decided? I said, I'm just going you know, to be, I'm just going to act just, I'm just going to be redneck. That's what I said to myself. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna act like Pastor Nicole. I'm just gonna be ready. <laughs> I'm just playing with her. <laughs> so I had, my, I had my, because I, 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 mean, I had, I had a pair of ostrich boots. I had my boots on. I was in my, I was in my jeans, and I went, I went down to the room, and I, 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 I here there, here's these 25 leaders down there, and all of them are talking about their wealth. One guy's talking about. How you know he, he's making fifty thousand dollars a week? He's he's got a two hundred fifty thousand dollar wardrobe. And he's got a twenty five hundred dollar jacket on. And I'm listening to all this. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, you need to support my ministry. It's what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then then they're all talking and they're all talking and they're going to go to a strip club afterwards. They don't know I'm a preacher. I didn't tell them anything. I wouldn't say anything. I just I'm just I'm just there. So, so he had them gather up together. So I'm, I sit down in a chair. It was a, I don't know, it's just a, a chair, not like these church chairs, but it was a, just a regular chair. So I sit down in it, and I lean back on the back two legs against the wall. 
My boots were sticking up in there and just leaning and watching. And so I'm bracing myself to be there for hours. So he gets up and he sure enough started talking about money. Sure, started talking about money. And he only spoke for about 10 minutes. And he said he was done. I'm like, wait a minute, you flew them all the way here from California to talk to him for 10 minutes? Then he said, you know, he said, I have, a, he said, I have a, one of my dear friends that's here. He travels all over the world. I'm going to have him come speak to you right now. And as soon as he said that, all 25 of them, shoo, turns and looks at me. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, <laughs> leaning on the back two legs, my boots sticking up. I'm like, I set the chair down. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Lord, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? You know what the Lord said to me? Nothing. <laughs> they didn't tell me nothing. They didn't say anything. So I'm figuring, you know what I mean? I just, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, act like you do. <laughs> you know, really, I mean, just act like you know what you're doing. People won't know any difference. Just act like you know what you're doing. I didn't know nothing I was doing. <laughs> I just acted like it. <laughs> so I got up and, you know, and I stood in front of them. I'm, I'm like, sir, the Lord hadn't said anything to me. So I just, you know what? I just picked up where they left off. So I started talking about money. Because the Bible has a lot to say about it. But you know what? I brought God into it. I brought the God side into it. And I said, I brought the scripture in because the Bible says God is the one who gives the power to get wealth. I said, you know what I said? I said, I said, because I said, there's a lot of wealth in this room right now. I said, a lot of you are making a lot of money. I said, but don't think, don't think for one moment that by your hands you got it. My Bible tells me that God is the one that gave you the ability to get it. You might not know it's God, but yet God gave you the ability to get the wealth. And I said, here's what I said to him. I said, you know what? I said, your money can do a lot of things for you in this life. And money can do a lot of things for you in this life. I mean, even the Bible says it answers all things. Money can do a lot of things for you in this life. I told a pastor a story the other, the, the, the other night about something that money did. It can. You can, you, you, you can buy things in this life with money if you've got enough of it. So, matter of fact, I have an uncle that, was sent to, that got arrested for running cocaine 12 times. And 11 times he bought the judge off. Money can do things in this life. The 12th time finally the judge said, you know, you're going to go to prison this time. I said, money can do a lot of things for you in this life. I said, money can buy you a nice big diamond ring, but it can't buy you love. I said, money can buy you a nice big beautiful wedding, but it can't buy you a marriage. I said, money can buy you a nice, big, beautiful house, but it can't buy you a home. And I just want to talk about what money can do and can't do. Then I said this. I said, money can do a lot of things for you in this life, but it can do nothing for you in the next life. And the moment I said that, the glory of God came in. And all I can tell you is I felt at that time, I felt like, now I feel clothed. You know what I mean? Before I felt naked. I'm standing, I'm standing in front of these people naked. Now I feel, I feel clothed now. <laughs> now I knew what I was doing. I'm like, oh, now I'm home. You know what I mean? <laughs> and since the glory of God came, all of a sudden the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. I said, who, who here needs a new heart? The Lord just said to me, somebody here, you need a new heart. You need a miracle. You need a new heart. Where are you? And as soon as I said that, this guy, I mean, I need a new heart. I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like taking a few steps. But I'm like, I live in church. I don't even get that in church. Right. I mean, the moment I said, who needs a miracle? Me, me, me. I mean, you see Christians. You ask, you watch people flowing, flowing word of knowledge. You watch them. How many here needs it? You'll see them. <laughs> 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 
Not this guy. He said, me, me, me. I said, you, you need a miracle. He said, yeah, I need a miracle. He told me he needed a new heart. I said, God's going to give you a new heart tonight. He's going to heal you tonight. I said, come up here. I'm going to pray for you right now. He jumped up and come. I mean, I'm like, oh, he was ready. I'm like, well, honey, this is that. This, I, I, I don't want to be around Christian ever again. <laughs> I want to be around the heathen. Amen. No, I want to be around the heathen. We should be want to be around them anyway. Amen. Amen. And I said to him, I said, I said, sir, God's going to give you a miracle right now. I said, I want you to close your eyes and lift your hands. You know what he did? <laughs> That's what he did. Exactly what he did. Listen, and what I'm about ready to, what I just told you, and what I'm about ready to tell you. Listen, I said, like I said this morning, or, or tonight, I don't even know I said it, but. I made the statement of, you know, I'm not evangelistically talking. What, I, what I'm about ready to tell you, what I just told you, what I'm about ready to tell you, literally happened. Word for word, it happened. What I'm about ready to tell you happened. It happened. Matter of fact, when we get to heaven, I have the Lord Jesus. I have him play you the DVD, and you're going to see what I've just told you and what I'm going to tell you happened. <laughs> the guy said, close your eyes, lift your hands. I said, my hands are on fire. So I minister with a tangible anointing. But remember, seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart, and I'll be found of you. Amen. So here I am now, and God's found there. Here I am in this room with these wealthy people, 25 of them, 25 heathen people, wealthy people getting ready to go to a strip club. And the glory of God's there. And the man standing here like this, his hands lifted up, his eyes closed. And the moment I laid my hands on him, the fire of God went in him. I felt it go from me. Because I, I ministered with a tangible anointing. I felt it go in him. And here's what happened. He's standing here like this. I laid my hands on him. And as the fire of God went in him, he did this. <gasps> ah! Boom! It hit the ground. He fell. Hit the ground. No usher. Kaboom! Hit the ground. I mean, I heard, I, heard, I heard it boom. I heard his head hit thug. No usher. But when that happened, <laughs> you like that, don't you? <laughs> I do too. When, when that happened, the power of God sprung like a fire, spread through that whole place and hit all 25 of them. And the one guy, remember the one guy I told you about bragging, you know, that he's got a $250,000 wardrobe, he's got a $2,500 jacket on? He hit the ground because he was sitting beside the guy. So when the guy ah, screams and hits the ground, the fire, the fire of God hit him. He falls to his face on his knees. And he starts screaming. He's on his knees. And he starts hitting the floor. And he starts screaming. Oh, my God! And he's hitting the ground. No, I mean, he's like this. He's on the floor like this. The Galleria. Five-star hotel. Oh, my God! It hits the floor. Listen, he screamed so loud that the Galleria Hotel security came up. That's how loud he's screaming. And here's a guy just got hit by the power of God on the floor. Here's another guy that's screaming. And here comes two security guards. They open up the door. Boy, if I would have just... If I could just had a, a still picture of their face... I mean, they opened the door and saw it. They look and they take next thing, you know, phew, they took off running. They didn't even come in. No, they didn't even come in and say anything. They just took off running. But he's screaming, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Then I started laughing. And I start laughing. You know why I start laughing? 
I start laughing because this guy, I mean, he's bragging. He's got a $2,500 suede jacket on. And he's crying like a baby. And tears and snot coming over. And it's going all over his jacket. And I don't know why. That just struck me funny, Pastor. I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, here's this jacket full of tears and snot now. I just, I, I, don't, I just started laughing at that. I did. That just struck me funny. And you know what happened? Listen. The power of God so touched him that I gave an altar call. And I don't know how long it lasted. Because the glory of God was... I, I mean, you could have cut the glory of God with, like, with a knife. And you'll see even in the, the revivals, the extended revivals, because every night's different. Every night's so different. That's why you can't, ex, you can't expect... If we, if we was going to go on this whole week, tomorrow night would be totally different than tonight. Yeah. Tuesday night would be totally different than Monday night. There's, there, listen, you, you can never put God in a box and say, this is how he... Oh, destroy your box. You know what? I gave an altar call, and I promise you this all happened. They're all able to sit up now. And I said to them, I said, the, the glory of God's just come in this house. I said, you've just got a taste of what heaven's like, and you've just got a taste of the love of God. I said, the Lord Jesus, with all of, He loves you, and He wants your life. I said, and I said this, I said, how many of you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life tonight? As soon as I said that, I promise you, church, I promise you, I'm not making it up. As soon as I said that, all 25 of them went to their knees and asked Jesus into their heart. All 25 of them. And then, after, then afterwards, you know what? They come to me and they said, where are you going after the service? I'm thinking to myself, not where you're going. <laughs> I, I, said, I said, I'm going out to eat with your boss. We're going to have a nice steak. But you know what they said? Can we come with you? So that night, not only did God give a man a new heart, totally healed him. Not only did he touch all 25 of them, they gave their life to the Lord. They got totally, they got totally touched. They got totally delivered. They got totally healed. They didn't want to go to a strip club. They wanted to come out and for, hang out for the rest of the night with the preacher. Amen. And that night we all went and had steak. And for the rest of the night, they all sit and ask me question after question after question. And I, I actually almost started weeping of, of the simple questions they're asking me. And you know what I found that night? I found that the people in the world, the heathen, they want to know Him. 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 There's people that know you're a Christian. And they want to know you're God. Don't keep Him to yourself. Don't keep Him to yourself. Don't keep Him to yourself. Go tell others. 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 They want to know. No, they want to know. They want to know. And it's our job. We've got to go tell. We've got to go tell. That's why I'm going to start doing these, these great awakenings and start doing these, these massive you know, crusades in America, because they got to know. They got to know. And forget about what the religious, forget, forget, listen, forget about what people think. My gosh, who cares? Who gives a rip anymore what the religious crowd thinks? Who cares? Who cares? I know, like, when we start doing these, these crusades in America, I mean, we'll, I'm going to have giveaways. I'll give away TVs and computers. And, you know, you, uh, people have already said, well, you're buying them. Well, you know what? I'd rather stand before God. 
and be able to say, say to God, I did everything I knew to do to get the harvest in. Yeah. And then st instead of standing before him and say, I did nothing. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I'd rather stand before God and be able to say, I want, at least I went after the harvest. Still saying I didn't say anything to anybody. Amen. Amen. And even in the church today, you'll have people, well, I just believe faith is a private issue. Oh, shut up. Yeah. That is, that, listen, that's, you are of the devil. No, nobody here. Nobody, nobody here. Nobody in Boomerang Church. I'm just talking about people that believe that. Yeah. Because understand, so if Jesus would have hung on a cross in a closet, then your faith would have been a private issue. But he hung on a cross on a hill where everybody could see him. And he said to us to go into all the world and tell everybody. He said to us to go into all the world and let our light shine. Amen? Amen. Let our light shine. And it's time that we rise up and get radical. It's time that we get radical. I'm not just talking about radical and telling people for Jesus. I'm talking about radical in our sowing. I'm talking about radical. When we see sick people, go pray for them. Go pray for them. Let God heal them and I promise you then they'll definitely give their life to the Lord. Amen? That's our job. That's what the, as, as, as the church, that's our job. Amen. Amen. Amen.